Hello, I'm Shanita. And hello, I'm Shanita's mama, Caroline. And welcome to These Three Things. For this week's episode, we talk about the relationship between children and love and nutrition. To help us explore this topic in depth, you'll meet Yvonne Greer. Yvonne is a registered dietitian and dietitian nutritionist trained in the science of nutrition and the practice of dietetics to design and provide medical nutrition therapy and other evidence-based applications of the nutrition care process that exemplify the profession's systematic approach to providing high-quality nutrition care. As a seasoned, registered dietitian with over 35 years of experience in public speaking, nutrition counseling, healthy cooking skill building, program development, and healthy eating and active living promotion, she continually seeks to advance innovative healthy living practices and establish a community culture of health and wellness. Her passion has always been to reach as many people as she can with health promotion strategies to assist them in achieving a long and productive life. One recognition of her tremendous accomplishments is that she received the 2020 Nobodin Griot Award, an honor given to a nutrition professional that has an exceptional and stored career worth celebrating. Nobodin is a member interest group of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. As owner and nutritional consultant for Healthy Living at Why Eat Right, Yvonne conducts special workshops to promote healthy nutritional and living behaviors. She has been featured on talk radio, TV, and print media, including in the health promotion television documentary titled A Silent Threat, Heart Disease in African-American Women. One of her most recent projects is a podcast called Days of Learning Podcast, Back to the Kitchen series that she hosts with Dr. David Nelson. The show focuses on health, wellness, medicine, and community engagement, and how these connect and influence the health of communities. Now, let's join the conversation between Yvonne and my mom. As a registered dietitian, how how will that improve the health of our children? Well, you have so many different things. First of all, you're role modeling healthy eating for your whole family. It, you know, and once you have and introduce that in your family, for our children, you can use it as teachable moments wherein you can teach them about what you're doing and what's healthy for their bodies. And then they also will in turn be able to um, teach other people about healthy eating. The other part is, is that they, they, when you give your children healthy, nutritious foods, it helps them not only with their growth and development, but also in growing the healthiest brains possible. It'll help them reach their full potential uh, even before they're able to think about what they want to be when they grow up. You've already gave them foundation of a healthy body so that they can think and they can reach their full potential. That is so key. And sometimes we don't think that we're molding children through nutrition, but in actuality, you are. Children and infants and human infants, they have the most underdeveloped brains of most species at birth. So just think of this. A horse, when they're born, they can, within a couple of hours, those foals are getting on their feet and running the pasture. Mm. Many of the different animals are right there next to their parents within a few 
hours to maybe a couple days. Our children take a whole year to walk. Some nine months, you know, some even some seven, but it take they're not born. Their brains are not born developed. Mm. And what we give them from birth on, and remember, they're, they, they've done studies and said even as teenagers, the brain is not fully developed. It, it, and it's differences between it's different people. It's different. Right. But and, 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 you know, some people always have said, you know, women and teens and, and girls so mature earlier than earlier, boys yes. and stuff. Even growth patterns, you know, girls get their physical growth earlier. And then boys, you know, like maybe, you know, 14 and 16, then where boys may not even get their height totally until mm-hmm. they're 20 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, the, those things are, are so true. But the idea that we're, we're growing and we're developing and things, and yet, if we don't get the nutrition in, it can stunt us. So that, that optimal, what they call optimal trajectory of health. But can I tell you something? I never even thought of that. I never even thought about, and I have seen National Geographic's. I've seen uh, baby lions being born, even big old baby elephants being born, and 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 uh, uh, and and horses. Yep. And you're right. Within hours. Yep. Days. Even 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 giraffes. Those giraffes, they get back on their feet. They, them, the baby foals are on their feet quick. And it take us a whole, almost a year. <laughs> you know how I, that first came to me? When I first went to the health department, they sent me to a conference, a three-day conference on breastfeeding. Mm. And, and I was coming from cardiac and, and working with adults. And so I was like, what could you talk about for breastfeeding for three days. It was amazing. The first doctor who started talking had pictures of different animals getting on their feet and different things like that. And then she said, the gold standard best food to grow human brains is breast milk. And that's when she said that because the brains are so immature at birth, that you need to give them the optimal nutrition to grow healthy brains. And I've done uh, my research when I was uh, um, going for my master's degree was on head circumference and the difference in head circumference of the small for gestational age babies versus the full-term baby and how head circumference can relate to intelligence later on in life. And so it was found that if you can take babies small for gestational age, and then um, give them good nutrition by eight months, then they, uh, don't, they won't have a deficit in knowledge. But um, see, you know what I, I, I related it to was the idea that they always trying to act like our kids are less intelligent than, than Caucasian children and stuff. But just what think Caucasians breastfeed at 70%, 80%. We were only breastfeeding at 30%. But check this out, though. But check this out. See, and I, uh, 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 I want to say, too, that's another way of bonding. Oh, yeah. With your yeah. child. I'm calling Vanessa because I know 
uh, Vanessa is an RN, plus she's a doula. She's a doula, and she's a breastfeeding educator. And I, I so I'm going to have to call Vanessa because we're going to have to interview Vanessa on this. <laughs> uh, my 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 niece. Uh, so I'm 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 happy that you brought that up, and oh, and I found too one of the benefits several. But one of the benefits, it also uh, lessens the chance of the mother of getting breast cancer. Right. Mm-hmm. It's healthy for both the the infant and the mom. One thing is that, you know, for the women who, because of working outside the home, once, once that happened, and women were white, white women were able to take a part of breast milk banks way back when, when then they can go get breast milk from these banks. They made it seem like something was wrong with black um, uh, milk and they wouldn't let black women donate to the breast milk banks. So then, you know, it, 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 breastfeeding became a taboo, plus with having to work outside the home. It was all sorts of things that lowered our breastfeeding rates. And so, you know, now, you know, there's a resurgence of um, breastfeeding in the African-American community as we learn more about how beautiful it is for both mom and child. But sometimes, you know, that whole idea about breast milk growing the healthiest brains, that, you know, that really motivated me as I started looking at how, how, how can I help my people to uh, excel? How can I, you know, make sure that our greatness, remember, I always knew we were great. Mm-hmm. And what, what's the difference in us? And, and Because sometimes our environment is not supportive in our greatness. Scientifically, there have been studies and research done on babies. Oh yeah, on babies, oh, yeah. on babies, yeah. and that is the difference in their appearance. The child who is loved and talked to, and cooled, and fed, and changed, and nurtured, and nourished—that mm-hmm. child appearance was totally different than that child that mm-hmm. you just fed, mm-hmm. that you just changed, that you didn't give no attention to they they don't thrive and they don't grow without the nurtures nurturing and bonding and they they um they even talk about brain baby brain development Mm -hmm. that they have looked at some young children who they feel have as much brain activity as an alzheimer disease um, person because of not having the interaction with other not being talked to, not being, you know, not being held so that they can, their eyes develop and language development and, and, and it can stunt a child's growth in those early years that can last throughout life. Yvonne and my mom shared their experiences and pointed to evidence demonstrating the impact nutrition, affection, and love have on children's brain development. I also read a couple of articles on this topic. One is from the Center for Disease Control that talked about early brain development and health. It states that the early years of a child's life are very important for later health and development. 
One of the main reasons is how fast the brain grows starting before birth and continuing into early childhood. Although the brain continues to develop and change into adulthood, the first eight years can build a foundation for future learning, health, and life success. In addition to genes, how well a brain develops depends on factors such as proper nutrition starting in pregnancy, exposure to toxins or infections, and the child's experiences with other people and the world. Children grow and learn best in a safe environment where they are protected from neglect and from extreme or chronic stress with plenty of opportunities to play and explore. Speaking with kids and exposing them to books, stories, and songs helps strengthen their language and communication. Talking to them, reading to them, and playing with them can stimulate brain growth. But what about showing physical affection? Another article I read on the United Nations website titled The Science of Affection states, Science proves that being warm, loving, and responsive are some of the most important actions parents and caregivers can take to help their children's development. Physical affection has actual health and developmental benefits that last throughout their childhood and adulthood. Affection can help kids grow smarter, healthier, happier, and more resilient. Human touch is essential for brain development and physical growth. Physical affection such as hugs and smiles releases oxytocin, also known as a love hormone. Oxytocin can stimulate growth, strengthen the immune system, and even help wounds to heal faster. Oxytocin and physical affection can reduce stress, relieve anxiety, and even lower blood pressure. Affection makes kids feel loved, builds up their resilience, and makes them stronger. Affection builds trust and helps parents and caregivers bond with their kids. The more affection a child gets, the more their confidence and desire to explore the world grows. I want you to hear a conversation between Khadija, a young 20-something woman who has two small children, and my mom, as they talk about how Khadija shows love to her kids. Um, How long have you been on your own? Um, since I was, mom let me stay with her till I was 20, 20. And then 20, your mom said you had to? No, she didn't say I had to leave. I decided to leave because I, I had got pregnant. So, you know, I had so to. you have a child? Yeah, I have two children. You have two children? Mm-hmm. Okay. That, and, and so, um, how do you show your children love? What do you do? Beat their mom. <laughs> what does that mean, you know, some people are bad moms. Like they don't show up for their kids. They don't do so a lot. Tell me what you do. So you show up for your children. Yeah. How do you show up? So how do you um, show up, Kadisha? How old are your children? My son is about to be five, so he's four. Okay. And my daughter is about to be three in May. Okay. So how do you how do you, how do you show up? Making sure they straight, you know, I don't know. Um, making sure they happy. Making sure they have everything they need. I think that's showing up because some parents don't do that. I try to make sure I'm not here all the time so that I can show up for them, you know, be there for them, you know. Do you say it in words? Do you, you know, kiss them and hug them and say, I love you? Do you do that? 
Not often. I can say that. I can say not often. It's it's really hard for me to be affectionate. Was your mom affectionate towards you? No, she'll tell us she loves us, but we didn't have the, you know, hugs and kisses. So And the touch. Yeah. Your mom was one that showed she did like Yeah. Like what you're doing for your children. You're there for them. Mm-hmm. You make sure they have a nice place to live, they have a bed to sleep in, they have food, they have clothes. You do all those things, right? right? That says to you, I love you. Right. But I had a mom like that too. Mm. And let me say to you. Oh, you're going to make me cry. And I don't want to make you cry. <laughs> but let me say to you, mm-hmm. at 61, start hugging them and kissing them now. Mm-hmm. Even when you have to discipline them. And you say, See, I don't discipline my kids. No, sometimes you might have to put them on punishment. I'm not saying discipline like. You get the tissue, I'm sorry. Oh. Oh, I didn't mean to make you cry. Why are you crying, Kadisha? Um, I think these are personal questions that I never thought about. So, Ooh. I don't like crying in public. That's okay. Let no, let it out. Because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When you are able to show your vulnerability, that you're vulnerable, that's a sign of strength. Mm-hmm. And don't hold that in. Because when you do that, you are not, you are, you, you are unconsciously telling your children, don't cry, hold that in. That kind of stuff creates disease mm. and illness. So I can tell that you are a great mama. Um, you're tough because you had to be tough. But be a little softer for your children so they don't have to look at the world as so hard. Mm. Hug them when you get home. When you have to tell them, you know what, no TV for an hour, you hug and kiss them and say, baby, no TV for an hour. And this is because mama is loving you. Mm. You did something wrong. And I need to hold you accountable for that. Just for an hour. But give to your children what you didn't give, what you did not receive. Not because your mama didn't love you. Maybe it's because your grandmother didn't know how. And we keep passing that down. Right. So touch them. Hug them. Squeeze them. And also say the words so they'll know what love looks like, feel like. Right. I know you gotta go. <laughs> Thank you. Let me Thank give you a hug, girl. Didn't that hug feel good? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm gonna have to write that in my journal journal these questions.
I, I'll text them to you. Yeah. I'll text you the questions. There you go. Do you sense that Khadija's going to start giving her kids more hugs, more kisses, more smiles, and other forms of positive affection? Yeah, I do too. Thank you to Khadija for sharing her story and for being vulnerable. Special thanks to Yvonne Greer. Listen to her podcast, Days of Learning podcast series, which you can find on major podcast platforms and on Facebook. Just type in M as in Mary, C-O-P-P, in Facebook's search box. MCOP, M-C-O-P-P, is an acronym that stands for Milwaukee County Organizations Promoting Prevention. For more information about Why Eat Right, you can email Yvonne at Y-E-A-T-R-I-G-H-T at AOL.com and follow Why Eat Right on Facebook. Thank you for joining us on These Three Things Podcast. We welcome all questions, suggestions, comments, and ideas. So please email us at info at these three things podcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at underscore these three things podcast and subscribe to our podcast so you can be the first to hear of bonus segments where we will feature contests and give away special prizes to help you live a healthier and amazing life. We did not intentionally plan it this way, but isn't this show appropriate for Mother's Day? So share it as a gift for a mom. Happy Mother's Day to Khadija, Yvonne, my mom, and to all the people who are showing up in your life as a good mama. Peace, y'all. These three things. Peace in your mind, peace in your body, and peace in your spirit.